Okay. We're starting that again. Thank you for your yeah, patience. You have, do, you have to do that whole intro again? Yeah, you better do it. I'll do it better this time, though. Do I'll do it better. I got a better one I'm in me. I'm just going to sit here and drink unless you... you I'm going to tell you when you got to take a keeper. I'll, yeah, you let me know when I got I'm one. Do when you got Thank a you. Because, you know, it might be 20 takes in. It, you know, six, that would not be the most. Pack, that six, would not be the most. A six-pack and 20 takes in. Yeah. And then I can I'm just, buying, I, so what do you I care? Just, then I can just lay down and uh, snooze. It's a very comfortable booth we're in. Well, I'm starting to get comfortable, almost too comfortable. Yeah. Hey, everybody, welcome down to uh, this week's Dive Bar Mitzvah. Hey, it's me, your pal, Ian. How you doing? Today we're at Jimmy's Bar in fashionable northeast Minneapolis in the corner booth, which is a place where I have spent... I would like to think at least eight birthdays I have had at this very booth. It's one of my favorite bars on earth, and I'm very happy to have it for today's show. I haven't heard today's show yet, but I think it's going to be a good one. Uh, but before we get to that, let me deal with a little bit of business. Uh, hot damn, I've got a new night, everybody. I've got a new game show I'm doing the second Wednesday of every month at Gastoffs. So I'll be doing a version of Make Me Laugh. We'll have three comics. We'll have contestants. All you have to do is not laugh, and you'll win $100. And that's starting this Wednesday at Gastoffs. And I've seen some of you people, and you don't fucking laugh. So, you know, those people, now you can make this work to your advantage, and you can win $100. And if you show up and say, hey, I want one of those sweet-ass dive bar mitzvah shirts, I will happily hook you up, as made possible by our friends at FGC Creative. They will, uh, we've got shirts waiting for you I'll, i've got a bunch in my car i'm waiting to give them to you so show up this wednesday to Gastoffs for make me laugh i'll get you a shirt or show up on tuesday at club jaeger uh for triviasco i'll get you a shirt then or this thursday at lee's for match game to show up to any of these events ask for a dive bar mitzvah shirt and i will make it happen and yes dive bar mitzvah the podcast you're listening to right now and thank you very much to all of you who have made this the stunning success that it is uh you know we've actually been doing all right i have not rude my decision to do this yet we've had good listeners and thank you and yet again you can always hear us on uh on itunes and uh be sure to give us like uh rate us there you know give us like the big thumbs up give us like the four stars however the hell you do that tell all your friends and maybe um i won't die in poverty that's my hope um but tonight though i'm telling you it's going to be a good episode tonight's guest i have been trying to get on the show forever and i'm not talking days i'm not talking weeks i'm talking not talking months goes much further back than that i asked him to do drinking with ian uh over a decade ago and he said well you know i'd like to but you know I'll, let me get back to you when i have something to promote yeah and then it turned into the montage the movie the, the film montage where you know you see a tree and it's summer and then the the leaves they turn brown and they fall off and then it turns into fall then it turns into winter and that happened about 12 times and then finally i have conned him on to being in tonight's show right now you're listening to it um i'm over prepared for this because i've had 10 years to think about interviewing him so this might not go as well as i'm hoping it won't even go anywhere close to where yeah i i hope not um and I didn't even know we were going to be doing this until about six o'clock today. Yeah, we had we had booked it, we'd confirmed it. Then I'm like, "Hey, are we doing this?" And then I didn't hear anything back. And then I was like, "Oh shit!" I called an old phone number I had of it. No, nobody answered. I was sad. But uh, here he is, ladies and gentlemen, world famous, my pal and yours, the illustrious. He seems to get awkward when I say nice things about him, so I'll call him legendary, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Chuck Statler. Chuck, eat the mic. Get in there. Right. Okay. Make sure everyone can hear you. Well, here's here's the thing. I mean, I I, I don't know what to say or where to start other than that uh, you've created a uh, 
a pretty high level of disappointment here is what you <laughs> created. You know? Yeah. So, for myself so, and now for the listening public. That's right. That's right. Right. And and you you will find out why you are very fortunate that I never accepted in your Jello Shooter Show. The Jello Shooter was. Show. Thank whatever you. Ten years of my was. life right there what, has yeah, now but, been boiled down to the well, Jello Shooter Show. All I know show. is you, you, you were trying to encourage me by offering Jello Shooters at one point. I offered for guy. you to direct it at the episode you're in. I, I gave you the oh, Saturday Night Live oh, wow. Francis Ford Coppola deal where you show up and I'll let you do whatever the hell you want. I believe that was in year four of me kissing your ass to do the show, which never worked. Right. But, but but the thing is, is that uh, and I would have accepted the the, uh, the position. On yeah, that now side years of the later, camera. you would have no, theoretically. On that side of the camera, no, because it was always like you can do the show as you want to do it. You can be the director, but you also have to be on. Yeah. And I went, now nah, see that's that's because right problem. now uh, for Dive Bar Mitzvah, and we we don't use the the video we shoot yet, but I have two cameras rolling right now, and Chuck has pointed them both at me, and now he's hopping into frame. Now he's hopping I, into frame on one I, of them. I said that I would make an appearance on occasion. So yeah. That's one appearance. That's okay. one appearance. Okay. Contractually obligated to only do three. Three. That's it. So that's one. Now, all right. So now we, and, and, and I know the preparation. See, I, I have no preparation. Look at all these goddamn notes. I'm, I know that. I know there's got a whole ream of notes. And uh, and I have no preparation, so go ahead. All right. So um, you, uh, boy, I got nothing now. I got nothing. <laughs> so you seem well, like a nice good. guy. See, yeah, yeah, at times. And it also depends on who you talk to. But, um, you know, yeah, because this is only supposed to be a casual conversation. There was no, I mean, this, unless it was a setup. This is a setup. So I got, okay. It's not casual. It's <laughs> yeah, not casual. Yeah, right. so, um, so what brought you to Minneapolis? You, uh, you grew, were you born in Ohio? Are you a fellow Midwesterner? Uh, I'm born in Indiana. Yeah, you're born in Indiana? Indiana. Uh, Bloomington, Indiana. No, I, I raised yeah. in Muncie. I was born on uh, Diagonal Boulevard. Really? Yeah. Which and is, and everything's like been name. askew Di ever that's since. Right, absolutely, Diagonal Boulevard. Yeah. It was like what? It's a good way. Yeah. You know, try to figure. And out what brought geometry. you to what brought you to Minneapolis? Uh, the love of nature. <laughs> the, 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 it was Getting away the from lakes, the hustle and bustle of Akron. The land of lakes. I wanted to leave the land of factories. And go to the land. It sounded like a good option, the land of lakes. Actually, I was going to go to California, and this is as far west as I got. Yeah, you The wagon of, broke, and then yep. this is it. This and is where I ended it's up. It's getting dysentery, and then I, I guess. You didn't well, end up on Donner's Pass. That's Yeah, right. It was, it, it, film production. Yeah. I came here because there was a, a healthy film community, which there was non-existent in North. I shouldn't say non-existent, but it was marginally existent in northeastern Ohio. Yeah. So I went, what kind of stuff are you looking to do? Uh, because, Anything. I mean, and I haven't even introduced you, really. Anything. I mean, you're known. Well, I, we, don't, we don't need an introduction. I mean, I was, I was happy to be here because of the fact I was shooting film. It didn't matter what kind of film I shot. Yeah. I worked on TV commercials, worked on industrials, worked on documentaries. It didn't matter. I mean, I loved making film. I loved the process. Process was most important to me and still is. And it's like, okay, then that that was that was cool. I, you know, I really, uh, I, uh. I really enjoyed that. And then just by a stroke of uh, coincidence, because I knew the damn band, and I mean, I've always been, you know, a music lover and grew up, I'm, you know, first generation of rock and roll. Yeah. Because I started when it started. Yeah. So, and how much, I mean, but you didn't set out to actually do any sort of music videos. This was never in your purview, was it? This is never something you'd plan to do. Mm. Um... Well, it took some planning to do the first one. Well, no, no, and but it really I mean, yeah, wasn't of a music video. 
but you were you were planning my, that that it, direction. No, 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 no. Far from it. But it was my penchant to, uh, you know, marry film and music. That's all. I mean, that was that, that. And so when there was an opportunity, which I knew, because you know, I I, I had uh, when I was taking a film course at Kent, and I think it was probably 1972 or 73. And Devo did their first performance that I yeah. I, I took a porta pack out on loan. And how did you end up loan. meeting these guys? Uh, at the uh, Cahaga Falls Art Theater. Okay. I met one of them. I met Jerry. Yeah. I was in. The, I I went there on a on a date to see. Uh, and I think it was either I think I think it might have been uh, Putney Swope. Okay. Robert Downey's yeah, yeah, yeah. film. Yeah. You know, senior. And uh, I I was talking to this um, this woman that I was with. And Jerry Casali was sitting in back of me, and this is before the film started. Mm-hmm. We got there early, mm-hmm. and there weren't a lot of people in the in the theater. And then uh, somebody, Jerry, tapped me on the shoulder, and he said, "Oh, you overheard something I said to my quote unquote date." And yeah. he said, uh, "Oh, you go to Kent," and I said, "Yeah." And we started a conversation there. It was a chance meeting. Really? Yeah. So I didn't meet him. I didn't meet him at school, and then we, you know, it was, we found out in Cauga Falls at the art theater. That we both went to Kent and both shared some interests yeah. in similar subjects. And so they said, oh, we should get together, which then we did. And then it, it went on from there. So it was just kind so. of a natural evolution. And he was or already. Or unnatural. Well, but he was already identifying as a musician. And you were. Uh, not right at that point. Okay. Not right at that point. Because that was probably. I don't know. Whenever. whenever and I, I, I kind of think it was. If it wasn't. If it wasn't. Uh, Putney Swope was a Fellini film, whatever Fellini film. We'll say it's Putney Swope. Not Fellini. Swope. No, no, not Fellini. Ber- Bergman. 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 Yeah, yeah. But, but, but. The um, short list of pretentious movies to see, and then. Right, right. Well, you know, it's, it's the Cauga Falls Art Theater. Yeah, they yeah. don't have art theaters now. I know, which is a damn shame. So I mean, I, you know, and then and then when they uh, started the band, of course, you know, I became the videographer. I didn't become. I said, oh, I'll shoot this. Yeah. And I, you know, I had access to uh, open reel porta pack at uh, Kent in the film department. And took it out just to record their nonsense. Yeah. What did what, you think? And what kind of music did, was in your background? What kind of stuff were you listening to? It was the 60s, and it was the advent of the late 60s, mid to late 60s. And it was the advent of uh, long-playing records, and yeah. FM stations, and uh, the Summer of Love and all that. Yeah. And all that music was appealing because it was something different from what preceded it. Mm-hmm. But the things that I found... And, and this is one of the things I share with Devo, along with some other friends of ours at school, a small group, was uh, the things that were maybe more unique or left of center than that being in, in the main. The big one was, you know, Trout Mask Replica. Do, do you remember what your first impressions were seeing your friend's weird art band? Uh, uh, no, because the fact that, you know, theater was always important. I mean, the things that we liked... And we because we love Fellini, and we love Russ Myers, and we love Boone yeah. well. and anything that that uh, pushed the imagery and pushed the presentation and put a spin on it and was different from. I mean, I, I don't want to say Star Wars because Star Wars wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. Of and I'm not dissing Star Wars. No, because that ain't. But but it, it it offered a different view and a different world, and that's you know different. Yeah. And that didn't necessarily make it weird. I mean, I you know, but. Uh, so, it was Devo and Art Band. I mean, I, you know, they, it, to me, there was no labeling like that. Mm-hmm. In fact, it, 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 it kind of surprised me the first time I read something about them and they were described as punk. And I went, oh, that's not punk. <laughs> yeah. You know, 
but it is punk. And I also understand how they get categorized as punk. But the point being that they were a performance band. Yeah. And with it art, well, it's all you know. We did then. Then now you're really into semantics because like it's all art anyway. Of to course. Me. I mean, it's yeah. like, well, of course. But then, then why do some things get labeled as art? And that, and I do. I lack of commercial potential. Of all the, yeah, there. Yeah, that's one. Although, don't tell that to Jeff Coons. Yeah, yeah. You know, know, so, right. you know. Uh, or even um, at this point, Mark Mothersbaugh. Yeah, exactly. He does no, quite well no, for himself. Now, what, right. now, in, the, in the, the first big video that you guys did together was uh, the beginning was the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, long form, about 9, 12 minutes. About 10 minutes. Yeah, uh, right, and you right, had already yeah. moved back to Minneapolis, and Devo was thinking about breaking up, and you wanted to preserve that. Is that correct? Because I didn't know that. That is correct. So That's tell me, how. Correct. and what was the planning on that, and what did you expect to come out of this? So, I mean... Take me through this. We didn't. We didn't expect anything to come out of it. Um, I had, and when you say I moved back to Minneapolis, I was in Minneapolis. Yeah, Minneapolis. I would, yeah. And um, and I'm trying to think. This is. I, I maybe it was about. It seems to me it might have been the holiday, the end of the year in 1975, and I went back to visit some relatives. The holidays in Ohio, and got together with Jerry, and he was lamenting about how. This was it. They were shopping the, the, the tape, and mm-hmm. they got some interest, but nothing was really happening. And um, and it, curiously enough, I think it actually happened like simultaneously that they started to get some interest then, and we made the video. But the point being that it was teetering at the end of 75. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, before you do anything, let me document of course. Your performance. Yeah, yeah. And that's what the whole thing was about. So then he and I set out to define exactly what we are going to do and how we are going to do it. Yeah, and what was so. the concept behind it? Because it's not a performance video. I mean, other than, I guess, Secret Agent Man, but I mean, not but not by any straight uh, interpretation of performance. Well, yeah, but it's as much of a performance as any narrative. Yeah. Oh, I, mean, not, it's yeah not, I mean, it's not, you know, I, I say to document the band, So, but it's not really a documentary. No. But performance in terms of they perform in both songs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then there was the, we had the little narrative piece to link both songs together. And really, it was a, it was a way of kind of, you know, showcasing the band. And I know it, Jerry, Jerry never talked about it, but I know that he, I think, although maybe not, that, that he was going to use it as a marketing tool. Of course. But that would have well, been. Well, how could you not? Yeah. Well, I tell you, the, the only reason I question it is because of the fact that when the film, and it was a film, when the film was done, he didn't go and use it like that immediately because the genesis of the, 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 the timeline of the, the, the progression was that starting in January of 77, I began to enter it in film festivals. Okay. And it won a prize at the Ann Arbor Film Festival that year. And then it went on to get some recognition at other festivals. And then they... And I think, it, you know, you'd have to ask him about it, but um, they were continuing to circulate their tape, but now they could include their audio tape, but now they can include a tape of this film. Well, and there begins to be a and groundswell. So, it begins taking on a life of its own to have this film because this is something that yeah. nothing like this kind of existed, especially in for a band at that point. Um, yes and no, because the fact that, you know, Kip Cohen, that was president of A&M at that time, and he sent around an inner office memo about he wanted all their marketing people and everybody to come in, sales people, come in to look at this video by Devo. And in this inner office memo, he said it out tubes the tubes. 
<laughs> the point being okay, that yeah, the, the tubes, tubes did, did okay. videos like yeah. that. I think to some degree you could even say that Alice Cooper, yeah. if, it, if that if fits in that timeline, he was doing some performance on on camera. Yeah. But definitely the tubes were. So anyway, so you know, it, it wasn't that it was that it was it was groundbreaking, but but it, it was that much different because yeah. most bands did not. Well, and in fact, probably ninety. Well, plus especially percent a band you never fucking heard of from Ohio. Right, exactly. You know. Yeah. yeah. But 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 the, you know, with the bottom line, and it's the same with like doing videos, and I experienced that with doing you know I don't know sixty plus videos that. Oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes, I don't put all the onus on the track, but oftentimes the, the, the track really is, as it always is, because it's still about the music. Yeah. That if it's a strong track, it certainly helps the video. I mean, there were videos I walked away from and going, oh, I don't know about that, but then people love the video. Why did they love the video? And I tried to analyze it. I go, well, sure, because it was a really good track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they, already, they were already listening to the yeah. music, and then yeah. they saw the video and went, oh, that's cool. You know? yeah. It's like, well, wait a minute, though. <laughs> you know? so and other ones I thought were great, and I went, oh, but the track really didn't. It's not that yeah. Yeah, I don't know, you know. And I don't put all the onus on it. Far from it. But, it, but you're making a music video, mm -hmm. so the music is essential. So anyway, so the, what I'm getting at is it, is it wasn't just their uh, performance. It certainly was. But the music, too, was unique, and it was good. Yeah. It was well done. I mean, they're, they're, they're accomplished musicians. They're smart. They, you know, I mean, I, you know, satisfaction, if, there's, if there is an exemplary cover song, mm -hmm. a cover track, that's got to be one of them because of the fact that they made it their own, of course, and they made it that much different. Yeah, and people really tuned into that because what 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 is a cover song if somebody replicates what what you know? Yeah, what's the point? Journey is already yeah. done. Yeah, I mean, exactly. you know. It, so anyway, so so it is it is twofold. Certainly, the the the, the eye catching appeal of seeing the video and seeing their performance and understanding that this is a band that is not just about the music. Which they always stress that, yeah, and that's what they sold. They said we're not really a band per se; we're a concept. It's hard to get a we're record a label deal. It's hard to get a record deal when you're like, well, we're not. I wouldn't put too right. much. Wouldn't worry too much about right. the whole band right. thing. And, and so you know, you, you look at it in retrospect, it's like, wow, it's really amazing what they did accomplish, considering what the music was at that point in time and what they what they were able to do. Um, yeah, I mean, and what was it like uh, from your point of view to see how this kind of Saved the day in a weird way. Like I mean, this the band could for the just, band. Or yeah, what? The, yeah, the yeah, whole yeah, thing could have right, fallen yeah, apart everything. in '75 yeah, had you not gone. Hey, I got an idea. Let's go. Let's go right. record something here. Yeah. Um, I, I, What's that burden it, like? It, it's hard. To, well, it's burden. Yeah, right. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? Um, you know, it, 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 I stumble around because it's hard for me to to reconcile that. Or explain that, or, or verbalize it, because of the fact that I think it is just one of those things where, and this sounds horrible, you know, just like the aspects were right, you know, like, yeah, like everything was kind of lining up. You know, it's interesting because I heard yesterday I was listening to the local college radio, and they did their little one-minute bio, and it was Elvis Costello. Yeah, and I didn't know. I mean, I you know, I I didn't know, this, but they said okay. This, you know, he, here's his band he had when he was in high school or post-high school, and it was some little rock and roll yeah. band. I don't remember the name of it. But they got signed by Stiff. And then his first album was My Aim is True, which was released in 1977. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, it's interesting. Because for me, 1977 is when we finished the Devo film. Yeah. And then, lo and behold, you know, a year later, I meet Elvis Costello. Of and it was just like, 
but but those were all chance meetings and just how did all that happen and so how what's my response to something like that you said oh well, did, you you didn't start out with a design to do this you know make a music video or something it's like there was no design <laughs> you know so it's like how can i just feel your way how around can, in the how dark can i like well i wasn't even feeling my way around i was just doing something that that felt like what i should be doing yeah and 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 um and again, I mean, for me, it always was and still is about the process. And it's like, wow, this is great. You know, I didn't, it didn't on one level. And it sounds, it, it, it's easy for me to say this now. And I probably could have said it then too and probably did. It didn't matter whether I, you know, on one level, you know, it was working for 3M or working for Devo. Because mm -hmm. I really, I mean, intrinsically, I love the process that much. I mean, I, if I could pick and choose, sure, I'd do music because I was, a, just, cause I was yeah. a music fan, yeah, yeah. you know, from the time I was a teenager when rock and roll started. And what, what, when you say the process, I mean, is it, is it playing with the shiny toy? Is it what ends up coming out of it? Is it the shooting or is it the end result for you? Because uh, I think that's always what screwed you, you know, me in, the, in, the, in those great analog days, like even w with photography. Like, I liked, I liked the shooting. It's just the everything, the post work I was crap at. You... Like I loved you, everything. You I loved being the everything. Auteur, I loved of course. everything. Yeah, you, you know, I, I I would do, I, I would do any. I mean, and I always, you know, people say, "Oh, you're a director." I said, "No, no, I only, I'm a filmmaker because <laughs> I like to do all, all yeah. of it. I like to do all of it, and it's absurd, and that's just my own problem about. I could have been more successful if I would have released control, tried to micromanage everything, yeah. and moved to L.A. and done all this stuff, but I didn't. Then I and I, you know, that's my own my own problems. But right. but you know it, they they work for me as much as they work against me. Of course. And and uh, um, I don't know. I mean, what the hell are we talking about? Yeah. I don't I, even I, know. I, you know what I mean? I don't even know what I'm talking about. You you should be out of tape by now. No no no. We've done it's, twenty it's, minutes. We're doing digital now. We got to go. Oh, we're doing digital. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Well, so whatever. but I mean so you so you ended up kind of saving Diva, which is which is amazing. But then, I mean. And this gets this, you get described as this uh, often, and I'm sure you hate it. But I mean, you do. Your DNA is on is on MTV. I mean, you know, in a in a very real way. Do you do you, does that scare the shit out of you? Does that keep you up at night? Is this no. <laughs> far from it? <laughs> Listen, I got a whole list of things that keep me up at night. And if I want to prioritize yeah. it, MTV isn't even on. They didn't We're going to be getting. They didn't even next. make the cut. Yeah, they didn't make the cut. <laughs> They're so far away from the short list. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. Um, and you just said you did 60 videos. Is that so? Yeah, right, I, about that. I think I did 60 plus, but I don't know what it is. But, you know, around that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's safe to say. Well, I mean, everybody from, like, Madness to the Jay Giles Band to uh, Elvis Costello. It was That was another chance meeting. It was just like Yeah, how'd you, meet, how'd you meet Elvis? Um, I, was, I went to the Longhorn to see a show. Okay. Right here in lovely downtown Minneapolis. That's right. And... Um, you know, it's interesting because I never, re I really never told this story. That, and now in about, in about the last six months, I've told this story three times. But that's be that as it may, it is what it is. I was all excited that we had an exclusive, but then you're like, hey, I've been saying it like every Well, day. you know what? No, because you have an exclusive like on, on uh, your, your podcasting this. You'll beat everybody else's. Well, okay, story. there you go. All right, so I'm excited. I'm well, excited. Anyway. Uh, although anybody that knows me knows this story. But. I went down to the Longhorn to see a band. Don't tell me. Don't ask me what band it was. I wasn't feeling well. I was out in the vestibule of the Longhorn, and you're too young. You wouldn't know. It. But I was out, in the vestibule. There was nothing. There was a bench out there, and I okay. was out there. The show, the the, the 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 opener was on, so the the showroom was filled, and there was nobody in the lobby. 
and I'm in the or vestibule, and I'm I'm there, and I'm not feeling well, and I'm trying to regain my uh, composure before the headliner comes on, mm-hmm. and a guy comes out, and he says, "What are you doing out here?" And I said, "Well, I'm not feeling really well." And he said, "Oh, really?" And that's where the conversation started. Yeah. And then at some and you point, you had no idea com- who he was. No. Yeah. And at some point in the conversation, he said, "Oh, by the way, what's your name?" And I said, "Chuck, Chuck who? Chuck Statler." And his response was, wait a minute, are you Chuck Statler, the guy who did the Devo video? And I said, yes. And he said, my God, I've been trying to find you. No, and yes. nobody tell me where you were, and I thought you were in Indianapolis and all that. And he said, I'm Elvis Costello's manager. Would you like to do a video with Elvis Costello? And I said, and I'm sick. I'm not really, you know, <laughs> I just like, because this is just, you know, fever. Yeah, yeah. I said, okay, well, yeah, sure, sure. Well, yeah, absolutely. And he said, okay, well, you know, how many, do, how many are in your crew? How many do you people need to travel with and all that? And I said, well, you know, three other guys. And we do you know, for just a four, you know, it's like a docu crew. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. only four of us. He said, it's fine. He said, you, you line up the guys. He said, you, tomorrow, he gave me his contact. He said, you tell me their names and give me all this information. He said, the, the tickets will be waiting for you down at the, Del- the Northwest Orient airline office go down pick up the tickets we'll meet you in vancouver hell yeah yeah well i mean but that was a chance meeting if i wouldn't have gone to longhorn that night or if i wouldn't have been sick exactly didn't feel i wouldn't have met him i mean i might have met him somewhere down the line but but the but you know i mean how how ridiculous is that almost as ridiculous as going to the art theater in Cauga falls and sitting in front of jerry yeah and I mean, I, that's why I said it's like, you know, it, it just sounds like some kind of hippie bullshit about, oh, the aspects, the stars were right there, man. It all lined up. And now, I are, you, are you ever caught paralyzed up in by the, this? And, and wonder that? what, are you ever paralyzed? Do you ever wonder, like, you know, what happened, what would have happened had you gone out more often? Mm. Like, this has happened to me a couple times. There have been people who I've met who have changed my life, who if it was just for one time time, I was yeah. happening to go to a different coffee shop. Right. And next thing you know, it's 10 years later and everything's entirely different sure. because of that. And then, but then every, every now and again, like when I'm going to sleep, I'm just like, if I left the house a lot more often, just imagine what could have happened. But Right. Well, I mean, there is something to be said for uh, being out in the world. Mm-hmm. You, know. you got to circulate. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you, you, you got it or you have to, but, the, but, the, but you certainly increase the uh, odds of... Uh, Chance or coincidence or things like that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not gonna. It doesn't come to your door and knock on no, your door. And say, hey, the coincidence is. Damn I'm a coincidence yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. You know. So you know. I mean, I, you know. And, and and what was your relationship like with Elvis? You did a fair oh, amount of I videos think, with the guy. Yeah, I think we did ten or twelve. One of the two. That's I mean, a something bunch. like that. Trying to for years. Well, too. yeah, yeah. That, that was what was more important to me is that it was a relationship that that it, it was a working relationship mm-hmm. and we did it for three or four years and yeah. it was great. You know, I mean, I. I really, you know, I really enjoyed uh, working with him, working for him, and working with him because, in fact, I had a lot of respect for him. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, you know, you start talking about the singer-songwriters, and you know, Dylan's probably in that generation; he's yeah. right up there. And then this next generation, it certainly has to be Elvis Costello's right up there on the, in the, the you know, on the short list. And I really, I always had respect for him, and not to mention that those guys are just really good guys. I mean, I liked those guys. Yeah, I mean, and. Like we said, you've done like, over 60 videos with all these different bands, uh, with all these different artists. What 
looking back, who did you have the best relationship with? I mean, we'll, we'll remove Devo from the equation, but I mean, who did you actually get along I, with? Who do you can? Who do you consider like you're probably your closest pal you met through this? Uh, I don't know if I had any pals from it, but but you know, be, by virtue of the fact that it was ongoing for a number of years and we did a number of videos, second to Devo was Costello. Yeah. There's no, I mean, there's, I don't think there's a, there's little question about and it. And were you friends, I mean, or as they say it. in England, mates? Um, you, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, mean, I think so. I mean, the last time I saw him, he was in town and he did this show at the State Theater, mm -hmm. and it was maybe about four years ago. Yeah. And you know, he welcomed me backstage, and we chatted, and you know, it was shot the shit. Yeah, right. And 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 um, you know. I mean, I know we're still friends. Yeah. I wouldn't call him a, a pal. Like, we didn't pal around. But, um, yeah. But, I mean, so yeah. that's, that's good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We, 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 you know, we spent some memorable times together. And I believe they were memorable for him, too. That's great. Yeah. Because of the fact that, you know, a lot of this stuff happened before MTV. Yeah. I mean, it, it, all got, it all it took on a different kind of veneer, mm -hmm. a different kind of patina with, once MTV happened. And so we were doing something. That it was more useful in Europe than it was in the United States, yeah. but it wasn't the big deal that it became with MTV because then they monetized it. They made it this, you know, this this item in in and of itself, which that's what MTV was all about. But but the thing is, is that that um, you know he enjoyed doing the films, and we had a good time doing the films because they really weren't. You know what? This would never happen today. Well, it could. It probably does happen on some level because everybody makes videos today. So obviously, there's millions of videos made, and it does happen. But in the in the late '80s, kind of the height of MTV and early '90s, this never would have happened. That we met the band in Vancouver. I didn't even hear the track. Yeah. I didn't even know what the track was. What are we doing? Yeah. Well, there was no. You heard there was Elvis no Costello planning before that show. Oh, sure. Okay. So sure. My with... aim was true. It was okay, out yeah, in '77. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was a big deal. I went, wow, this guy's cool. You know. Yeah. Guy. But so you're I mean, in Vancouver, so, like. Yeah, but 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 we didn't get the tape and hear the tracks until we met him and started shooting. Well, now what do you do? What's the idea? Yeah. What do you mean? What's the idea? And that's why at one point I was signed a sale that I was like, oh, I'm copying David Lester. You know David Lester? I don't know David Lester. Oh, he did Hard Day's Night. That's right. But he did a running, jumping, standing still film. He did all these kind yeah, of films. Yeah, yeah. And always kind of like, oh, the band just playing around and here's yeah. the music. Well, that's what I was doing. It wasn't that much different. And I understand why people said, oh, he's just copying Richard Lester. Hey, big deal. I don't, it didn't matter to me. I was still, yeah. I was still with Elvis Costello in Hawaii yeah, going through, strip. doing the, you know, enjoying what I love to do. Yeah. And now it only took it to another level because I was dealing with music and artists that I respected. So it's like, you know, I, I Say whatever you want to say. Yeah, damn you know, straight. I gotta... um, now, then you also did uh, some videos for Madness in England. Yeah, what was right. what was it like being, you know, late seventies in England with Madness? I mean, that seems like that would be a really, really weird situation to find yourself in. It was a weird situation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no question about it. Um, madness was, as their name implies, they were mad, and it was, and it was great because the fact that. It was a whole different culture. Graham Parker was not that much of a step, but I, I had little information or knowledge about Blue Beat and Ska. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I'm entering this other area of music, this other genre of music, which was really cool. And so to go over there, and then the music was one thing, but then here are these punters. I mean, here they are punters. Here are these 
they're not punks. Well, they are in a way. They were punk skinheads, and they were I don't know. They were like 18 years old, 19 years old. You know, with with uh, bags of speed. That was it. Yeah, a lot you know, of them. Eat it like yeah. oh yeah, eat it eat, eat it like popcorn, and you know just go all the time, and then you know the, all the you know they skank all night. Yeah, you know. Anyway, and so and then, then and then and then the thing and then the thing was then go on the road with them because of the fact that they didn't have time to do a video. Everything happened real fast. You know, like record yeah. company, well, everything's got to come out a lot yeah, of time. That would make sense. That's yeah. right. So then go on the road with them and then go to Leeds and go to uh, Huddersfield and Redford and uh, just play all these towns and go with them and do another one of these rockumentary drills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it, it was fine. I mean, I, you know, it, it's great. Yeah. You know, it's narrative or rockumentary or whatever. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm with the band. Exactly. I'm on the rock and roll circus for yeah, the next yeah. two weeks. How much culture shock weeks. was that for you? Not you, you know. Um, I mean, for, not to say that you're blown away, but I mean no. that has to be a weird moment where you're like, oh my god, I'm yeah, surrounded you know, by a bunch yeah. of speeded out skinheads. When your eye is at the eyepiece, it removes you exactly. from actually okay. the experience yeah. that you're in, and it's not dissimilar from being with them. That I'm involved in the process. Yeah. And so then I, it, it doesn't matter about any of the rest of the stuff. You, yeah. You, it doesn't. I could be England. I could be France. I could be in Akron. I could be anywhere. It's it 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 is now. It's in point, this process. At that point, have you removed yourself from the equation and you're part of the machinery, or are you watching the end result through the eyepiece? Oh, both. Yeah. Both. Yeah. I mean, I you know I I am one step removed because I'm not looking at everything else. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at a little TV. I'm watching a show on TV. Yeah, exactly. That's it. The focus isn't on. Well, here I am, and I'm going to have uh, fish and chips tonight. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like it wasn't it at all. And the, and the great thing about it is Dale Cooper, who saved my ass many times because he was a film editor in town, and he's the guy that edited the first. And he was kind the, of your go-to guy on oh, all yeah. this stuff, right? And yeah. he was the guy. That when I came back from Akron after shooting the first Devo uh, film, and then I got this first editor on, and, 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 and about two weeks into it, he said, this is too weird. Now, there's the word weird. <laughs> See, it, it, this is too weird. I don't think I can do this. I mean, what do you mean? Why yeah. do you got to go? Yeah. Because, oh, Dad, we're all Devo. You know, he was. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so then, so then Dale was an editor in the same shop that I asked the original editor, mm-hmm. Tom Gilman, was his name. Yeah, the guy who pushed out. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Fucking and then, so then, Tom Gilman. So then, what I did is I, I, one way or the other, either Tom offered Dale's services. I knew Dale yeah. prior to that. And he was one of the first people I met when I moved to Minneapolis. And so oh, maybe Dale will do it, you know, and because Dale was an editor from England. Oh, okay. Who moved here? So, so he started editing the first, and then that's where we started. And he and out of the sixty some videos, he probably did you know a good seventy five, eighty percent of them. Yeah. But the point being that he was a Brit, so he was really helpful on the ground over there because okay. he knew a lot about London and about you know the the culture over mm-hmm. there. So they so it was great to have him with a four person crew. Yeah, damn straight. <laughs> you know. You know? Yeah, this wasn't Michael Bay. We didn't have 120 no, people no, shooting God, a no. video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this was little rascals. Yeah, you know, you get to bring the bed sheet. I'll get the soapbox. And we're putting on a show. That's it. Um. So, how many videos were you knocking out a year at the at the high point there? Well, you know, I did it for five or six years. And I was doing about maybe 10 or 12 a year, something like that. I mean, that's how it averages out. But. It, I was very fortunate. I, ne- I didn't have an agent. I, I never looked for work. Yeah. I actually turned two jobs down. What'd you turn down? That is anything you've been What I turned down? What I turned down was Billy Squire. Okay. And James Brown. Well, now that people been, yeah. know how much I love James Brown. 
and I went out of my way to meet him yeah. and to pitch him on doing a video. Now, you know, he started telling me some stuff. I said, there's no way in the world a guy's even going to show up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm gonna, yeah. No, I'm going to get a crew together. I'm going to do all this. I'm like, is it really, you know, and I wish I could have done it. And with, with Squire, they were with, I think, EG Records, because I remember this. And I called EG, and I wanted to do something with Roxy Music. Yeah, Because they were on EG. Yeah. And they said, oh, well, we'll keep you in mind. We'll keep you in mind. And, you know, months later, I get a call back from EG. And they say, oh, you're the guy who want to do the Brian Ferry. And I get all excited. Oh, we got to do Brian straight. Ferry. Yeah. And they go, well, here's what we got. <laughs> Billy Squire. They're and exact, now I knew. This guy's exactly like Roxy yeah, Music. Right, right, right. Exactly. Brian and, I, and, I, and I knew. And, I, and, and God bless Billy Squire wherever he is today. And he's probably listening to your podcast because I know he's a big he, fan. he screens and streams every podcast that's made. Yep. So you're on his list. But the thing is, is that uh, I knew that if I didn't do Billy Squire, yeah. I probably wasn't going to get to do uh, Roxy Music. Yeah. But I, I also I thought, you know what, I'll probably not get to do Roxy Music anyway. Yeah, so, actually... so then I went, well, you know what, here's the thing. It's going to cost a lot of money. And they went, well... Okay, so <laughs> back to question. So that so I did. I don't. You know, I, I was I was really lucky, very fortunate, very blessed. Whatever you want, whatever you call it. In that that whole period of time, I never looked for work, and very seldom did I ever go. Because you know, if I started a job from the time I started it to the time I finished it, and what was the turnaround was on least, most of these? Well, I started. I was, okay, I'm sorry. You, you cut me. I, sorry, wait, sorry, sorry. Cut me to the quick. About a month. Okay. Sometimes it would be six weeks, depending on you know. But the usually about a day travel and I stuff. Imagine, right? Well, yeah, yeah, day. I mean, sometimes you could get to two or three days on a video, yeah. but not you know more often than not a day, day and a half, two days. You you get enough material to do something, um, and then and then um, you know so there, a month or a month and a half, and then I might have you know a few weeks off of downtime, and another video would come up, mm -hmm. and I. Very seldom did I ever go a month or two without doing a video, and I probably averaged, if you look at the six or seven year span and the 60 videos, I was doing about 10 a year or That's something right. like that. So, Man. anyway. How long did it take you to have an absolute burnout on something like that? Because I don't care how much you but, like the job when, you do, when you're doing it that much. It has to you be. Mean, by the job or the whole span of it? The whole, well, yeah, the whole span of it. Oh, I was burned after about the first six months. Really? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I can't do this anymore. I got, you know. You know, really, I, I, seriously, I, I'm only 40 years old right now. Yeah, I know. But, but I, kinda, I know I feel I look like I'm 80. What's the best thing you pitched that never got made? What's the one thing uh, you regret that never you know, you know what? came to fruition? I, this, there were a couple of them. And one was, uh, you know, and eventually I did this video with Babes in Toyland. But it wasn't, I, 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 you know, it, it was fine. But, but I think the record company got upset about it. <laughs> but anyway, I actually, I, and I can't remember the track. But I, I pitched them on doing they they I think uh, Lori might have called me and I can't remember the track I can't remember the album but I did uh, there was this and it was so ridiculous and whacked out and that's why they didn't that's why they didn't accept it but um, and not that it was genius there was probably lack of genius and and um, you know no concept no anything but I knew what I was going to do and I knew what I was going to put on screen yeah. But, you know, a lot of it's, you know, you really have to be, uh, you got to be able to sell it at this point in time. Because this is you know, after MTV went online. Yeah, yeah, And the whole thing, the complexion would change quite a bit. But that was one. And the other well, one what was is, the, what was the what was the concept? I mean, can, what can you put out there? Since you said there was no concept, but what did you, 
the, the, the well, it was it, it was a a a, um, a kind of series of vignettes, and it was just the characters and some of the, I the, the only thing I can remember telling you is that it was this I had this um, you know you know Drew Friedman you know who yeah Drew of course Friedman yeah, is? yeah yeah well it was a character in mine that in Drew Friedman like one of his you know unsung elevator operator heroes or something and he and he was mesmerized by one of these. Uh, hot dog rotisserie plate. You know, you go into the, the, the bar and they've got the hot dogs in there. That was the video. <laughs> that was the video. The guy staring at the, right, yeah. the hot dogs on the rotisserie. But it was, it was his face, you know, shot through this rotating hot dog. And this is going to be the babes in toilet? Yeah, you're yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. This, okay. Yeah. All right, I mean, yeah. I, still ha- I still have this this proposal I put together because I include all these illustrations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. So I gotta, you know, I gotta, this is Warner Brothers. Yeah, exactly. Warner Brothers. So they're going to, you know, we're going to spend X number of dollars. So it was, you know, real money back for, then. Yeah, so it was for MTV. a girl band. And they got, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that we're was only. have some dude yeah. staring at <laughs> hot dogs. That's the big idea. No, 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 no. no. That was only one well, was of, one of the, the vignettes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they only went downhill <laughs> from there. That was the, that was, that was the centerpiece of the vignettes. Yeah. So, but that was one that I knew that nobody's going to buy it. But if they bought it, I knew what I was going to put on. I knew because they had the budget. Because oh, the budget oh, for it. Yeah. Oh yeah, forget that. The budget wasn't even. It was Warner Brothers. Okay, then the well, height of MTV. Exactly. So you, you know, this is like you this know, is they an were, opportunity to do it correctly. Money. Well, well, no, I wouldn't. Well, I would have fucked it up. I mean, they, 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 I, I didn't never. I've never done anything correctly. But that doesn't mean it can't be work. It can't work on screen. Of course, it could be really incorrect and work yeah, on screen. Yeah. So anyway, and this was really incorrect. That's why it didn't happen. Speaking of things that uh, didn't quite come to fruition, um, and some st- some stills leaked of this, oh, you almost wow. you almost directed um, what could have been the uh, the first cinematic appearance of Prince. Uh, for something oh, yeah, called right. Second right. Coming, yeah. uh, which was uh, so you taped the the, the controversy tour, and right. they liked That's the footage right. so much That's they wanted right. to end up fleshing out a movie. What was that all about? Uh, there had to be the Prince question in here. Yeah, I went to I, I I can't remember what the show what show I was at. I don't think it was a Prince show, but I was at First Avenue and Stephen Fernoli, which was yeah. Prince's manager at the time, and he came up to me because somebody either pointed me out or something. He came up to me and he said, "Oh." Uh, you you're the guy. You know, you're the guy who did Devo. I mean, I got a lot of mileage out of Devo. Yeah, I guess you did. Yeah. No, I did, and yeah. I got you know. I mean, I, I a tip of the uh, red uh, flower pot to them. Yes, of course. That that you know. Then and he said, uh, you know, Prince has got this new group, the Time, because I did that first. Yeah, you did. And cool, he said, right? you, yeah, yeah. And he said, you know, would you, uh, you know, would you like to talk to him about? That? Oh, sure. So I talked to him, and then we, okay, we did the video. And he really liked a the fine video. video. One of one of many that you've done that was in a school. Yeah, right. It was right. In fact, we're not far from it. Where was it? It was right up here on the corner of University and uh, I think that's Broadway. University really? and Broadway. That, that's okay, school yeah. that's yeah. there. No, I know where that is. Yeah, and 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 it was um, the one because it wasn't a school that they they had just uh, redistricted. They did something where the classrooms were available. It wasn't really a working yeah. school at that moment. So it was kind of open like and ready to be yeah. taken over. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is now. It's a community center or whatever it is. Or maybe University it's a school. University in Broadway, right across yeah. from the McDonald's? Yeah, right. That's, still, that's a school. Oh, yeah, okay. Still a school. Well, maybe it was on break or something. Anyway, but, but um, yeah, so we did, the, we did the time video, and then Prince really liked that. And the only thing he did is I went out to uh, Eden Prairie, to a warehouse in Eden Prairie, yeah. and that's when I met Prince. Because the time was rehearsing, and I went out there, and he was there, and we chatted briefly. 
I yeah, mean, I mean, he oh, doesn't seem like oh, a man you chat with Chuck. a whole bunch. Yeah, he doesn't you're seem Chuck. like. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm Chuck, and I. Oh, you gonna do the video? Sure. Okay, and then, uh, and that was it. That was it. Yeah, and then Not I, I sat there and I watched the band, and then, uh, and he sat in a couple times and showed people how to play their parts. Yeah, you know, because <laughs> he then, played all the instruments oh, no, and all did. that stuff. And the one thing and I remember about stuff. this is that like there was this drum, this drum like paradiddle or whatever the hell you call it. And uh, was it, was it uh, Jellybean or who yeah, was the yeah, drummer? Yeah, Jellybean Johnson. Je- was he the drummer? I believe so. Yeah. Anyway, and he was having a difficult time. Prince said, no, let me show you how. And he sat down and just ripped it. <laughs> like, yeah. I, whoa, well, sure. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, so we did that. And then he came to the school over here. Mm-hmm. And he came in with Jamie Shoup, his manager. Okay. And he came in with her. And he sat down in the back of the class. We were filming stuff in the, in a, you know, toward the blackboards. And he sat in the back of the class. He didn't say a thing. And he was only there for about 10 minutes. I got up and left. And then he came into the editing. Really? Yeah, he came into the editing. And we were editing the video. And then he said, you know, that one cut right there, you got to move it like three frames. <laughs> and the editor, Dale was the editor. Yeah. Dale looked at me and we both said, okay, fine. And yeah. move it, and it was just the idea that Prince wanted to be able to have some input in what was happening. Yeah. That way, and he, he could say he helped edit it. That's right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Sure, sure. And, and they, you were not above that. You let the man oh, give the man his no. room. Are you coming? You know, in the you know in the in the grand scheme of things, we all die and go to hell anyway. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, what, you know, right. we, I, the, I'm in the gates of hell, and Satan goes. Uh, no, wait a minute now. You really kind of like got pushed out of shape about that three frames. You're going to heaven. I go, no, wait a minute. I deserve to be here. So the, why would you, you know, I mean, you know, it's like a lot of people get a good pushed out of shape about stuff that like, yeah. are you kidding me? And again, I mean, you know, it's sure. If there was something that I really was that far invested into and it was that big of a change. But oh, yeah. no, 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 no goddamn way. Anyway, yeah. So then he loved, he loved the, t- he loved the time. He really liked the time video. It's a fine video. And then he said, well, he liked it, and he said, okay, then I, you know, get Chuck to do this. I want to do this thing. So then we started out to do the controversy tour, and I went to, I, you know, I wish I could remember where I went because I went to Boston, I went to Detroit to 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 block out the show and watch the show. Yeah. Because I hadn't, I hadn't been to a Prince concert. Constantly, jet and I watched setting. the. What's that? You're constantly jet-setting at this. At this That's period. right. Yeah, right, right. Okay, so it, it, so block out the show, and then we know we're going to do this. We're going to shoot it, and it wasn't on video. We didn't video it. It was on film, and we shot, I think we shot five cameras. And this we shot is in, maybe this five is or six Detroit? cameras. No, no, no. This is at Met Center. Okay. When Met Center was yeah, still yeah. there. It was 19. It was, it, it, Controversy 2 was 81 or 82, mm-hmm. and it was in the spring. It was the last show, last stop on the tour. So there's shit so he was, there's tight, Oh, yeah. There's tight. He's gonna, well, he doesn't go out. Even when they start, yeah, it's yeah, tight. Yeah, of course, yeah. Now it's even super tight. It's yeah, hyper yeah. tight. <laughs> you know. Anyway, and uh, so we shoot it, and then he he likes all this stuff. He, he's still in love. We're still you know, on the honeymoon. Okay. And um, That's what you call foreboding in the, in the film industry. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. And uh, so then, um, you know, then, then, then the, the, the management starts to get all these ideas about, well, you know what? Maybe we ought to do is expand this and turn it into a, a feature. Yeah. And not just a concert film. And then everybody's eyes and get then, real wide and start figuring out the, the, the profit potential on something well, like this. Well, not, not even so much that. But what it was is that in 1981, Prince hadn't really crossed over yet. Yeah. And they looked at this as a way to really... In other words, they, they actually thought about, and I know I heard some talk about this, like fly on the wall, talking on it. 
that they they looked at a, at a market like Detroit, mm-hmm. and they said, you know, he plays Cole Hall, is downtown, and we got, you know, all this other demographic that's probably not going to show up. Yeah. But if we actually have a film and we play it in theaters, exactly. we'll, we'll, we'll broaden the audience. Yeah. It's a better marketing yeah. tool. Yeah. And so whatever their original intention was, they said, okay, let's do this. Then Prince got into it and said, oh, yeah, because then I can do this bio, you know, biographical interstitial material of course and then we went out and we scouted my heart we went we went to his dad's house on the north side Mm -hmm. and we were going to shoot at his dad's house and we were going to shoot a number of segments there was interstitial material between the songs yeah some of the songs and what were were the kind of the concepts here i don't know you'd have to ask him okay but you have his number yeah I, i do still have his number but the thing is is that um we started, and we started shooting. We shot a couple of days at his house out in Chanhassen, mm-hmm. his first house. Yeah. The one that he painted purple. Okay. And uh, we started out there. Now, simultaneously, uh, uh, Steve Ripken was cutting the concert footage. Yeah. And pe- then people are coming in, and they're looking at it, go, oh, this is good. Let's keep up. Let's keep doing this. And then at some point, and I don't know what it was, and Prince went in, and he looked at it, he didn't like any of it. He said, that's it, and walked, stepped away. Now, that was Prince, yeah. and he's done it with a lot of projects. Of we, course. He says, oh, here's what we're going to do, and they spend a ton of money, and yeah. they go out and shoot all this stuff, and he's got a vaults of it out in Chanhassen. But at least you got some of the ton of money on this, right? Um, it was interesting, the way that all played out. How'd that play out? Well, it, it was kind of a protracted process. I got some money. I did certainly not tons of money by any stretch. But there was some money. But it, how but long it did wasn't. it take? How protracted was it? it took me about, I think, uh, thirty years. No shit. Yeah. Do you yeah. get interest at that point? Uh, that, that's how we kind of calculated some kind of settlement on what you know. But it, it wasn't. It wasn't a big. It wasn't a big. I didn't. But you know, it, because it, when we had the conversation, he said, "Don't hold me hostage," and I didn't. Like and this was years later, and you get a call yeah. out of the blue. Yeah, I mean only because of the fact he was working with an editor, and the editor knew that I had this footage, and I was never paid the, you know, and they never, they never collected the footage because they couldn't collect the footage because they owed me money. Yeah, exactly. And so it went on for, it went on for. You probably went way out he of pocket pl- on this. Well, no, not so much. That, but a five but camera idea, film. Shoot? He yeah. he he pulled the. Well, they gave it advance money. Oh, okay. But he pulled the plug on the project and stepped away, and there was still some reconciling to be done <laughs> anyway whatever you know but he, but that's that's not unusual and he's done that before yeah, yeah, yeah. and so it's not no, you know, no, and, and in fact, you know what it's not even a, it, not even him it's in the business i mean i got burned i did i i i did uh, three videos for a guy named greg lewis well no well i did for greg lewis but the artist was uh no and i'll press his name because it was a bad bad deal uh walter egan walter egan i know the name well he had a, he had a deal with columbia and then Columbia paid the management, and the, man- oh, the management yeah. the management hired me. Yeah, and it was you know you know it was just, it was a sizable amount of money at that point. I think it was MTV at that point because you know the budgets like tripled overnight. There yeah. was no money in this at all when I was out you know doing this on the road mm-hmm. before MTV. But 1981, the lid came off and right away overnight because yeah. then every production company in town in Hollywood was you know. Hey, let's go do this. This sounds like fun. They'll pay, okay, they'll pay money. They'll pay real money. And it's let's a three-minute film. We can knock this out. Right, exactly. But anyway, but so, so, you know, he gave me the front half, and then I finished the videos, delivered the videos, which you normally do. 
No second half, never saw it. Jeez. And fortunately, I was in that stream where I was, you know, doing one video after another, and so there was some cash flow. Exactly. Because so, I yeah. paid everybody. Yeah, well, damn straight. Well, I mean, I could have said, hey, I didn't get paid. But they're Nobody your got guys. Paid. They're well, your that's guys. right, exactly. Yeah. But I but I bit the bullet. I mean, I even went after him legally and spent, you know, money on that, and then it didn't. So now, am I correct in, uh, in, in what I've heard that you're still sitting on the interstitial mm -hmm. footage? Like he got the he got the concert footage, right, Prince? Yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But you're now you're yeah, sitting I, on I, footage I've that you can't. Out, I've reached out to him, and there's no response. So we'll, well just he see listens what happens, to the podcast. But... So if you'd like to make an emotional well, yeah, appeal, that's, yeah, right. Yeah, well, he looks in the stills I've seen. It's not even. Yeah. The stills I've seen, he looks drunk. Why is that? He's, no, he's, he's not. No, no, no. But he was he was really he never... bloodshot in the stills I really? saw. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't know what you saw. I don't know what you saw or where they came from, but. They came but from you. They had they had timestamps. Well, they they were on. Uh, it was in an article that they, that you were interviewed in. Oh no, I know what you're making reference to. Is in Wax Poetic. Exactly. Because that's the only place yeah, they yeah, were yeah, ever yeah, yeah. shown. And uh, no, I don't think he. It, 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 it must have been a he bad. Looks, yeah, it must he have looks, been a bad. Looks kind of bloodshot. Reproduction or copy of a copy okay. because he was not. He was not bloodshot. I don't. Well, maybe I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at him and see. You know, look look closer at him to see if there's anything there. But um, so, well, I was gonna. To talk about uh, the documentary you're working on, yeah, uh, sounds from the ceiling that's about right. music. That's right. Um, that's what I was, was going to aim towards. Yeah. After I got this out of the way. Oh, what's that? Okay, because uh, something that you've given me and the world uh, is the weird quick cuts of something that makes absolutely no sense. I don't know what that. What you make reference to now? A lot of your videos. Oh, <laughs> uh, and I have some stills right here that yeah. I'll put on Twitter, and I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm, this is the this is the round where it's called "What Did It Mean?" Yeah. So we have stills that were cut, quick cut into various films. That's right, cutaways. Insert. Uh, insert and the first one we have, we have two people in ape masks, right, slapping a woman with uh, Chairman Mao and Nixon, Nixon. paddles. What That's does right. that mean? Uh, it means it's the uh, it's the best way for uh, for diplomacy. It's the best uh, solution for diplomacy. Okay, that's How number one. Physically, so diplomacy. Right. Okay. All right, so uh, that's diplomacy. That's all you got on that one. That's all you got to say. Well, sure. I mean, you know. All right. The best best way to influence somebody is uh, slapping their ass. Number two, also is from it? a Devo video. Yeah. We got two that's people Floyd, dancing. That's Floyd Kalimba. Who's Floyd Kalimba? That's his. That's that's Mark Mothersbaugh, but that's his persona as Floyd Kalimba. He was a disco dancer. Okay, Floyd you know, Kalimba. Was like, yeah, you would have met him in like uh, South Beach in Miami. This is number two. And who's yeah. the redhead? The redhead's kind of hot. The redhead is. Uh, she was some one of the one of the band's girlfriends. I'd imagine. I don't, I don't so. remember her, but yeah. I remember Floyd. Because Floyd's still around. Floyd, Floyd Kalimba shows, shows up every now and again. Shows up every now and then. I'm gonna in have. Fact, I want to know fact, more about you, Floyd if Kalimba. On, if you go into Mark Mothersbaugh's websites or whatever these fan fan uh -huh. fandom things. They probably didn't even know Floyd Kalimba is, but that's who that now is. We all, now we now know we know about Floyd that's Kalimba. some insider trading. All right, here's number three. Well, not yeah. Well, there he is. It's and no, this is that's Billy. Yeah, this yeah, is it's so, the guy who helped me say, make. It took me years before I realized that was Bill Batson. So this yeah. is a still um, from Girl You Want, but it was used in a it was in a film earlier than that. I no, that's it. No, no, that, 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 that's the one. That's the one. And he's, um, he's getting in shape. And he's, he's he's getting in shape. He's got an exercise shaker thing, belt thing right, on right, while he's yeah. trying to drink a shake. Right. And yeah. that's Bill Batson. So what oh, what does yeah. this mean? Well, that means you got you got to balance your intake with your exercise. Okay. That's all that means. And what was the what was the uh, the calories in, 
and whatever calories you put in, you got to burn, and that's exactly what he's doing. He's doing it the smart way. Yeah, that, no, that's that good. You, you, you're putting in 500 calories, and he's going to burn 500 calories. And what was the casting like on some of these? Because, I mean, obviously you knew Bill Batts, and we all love right. Bill, and I hope to have him on Dive Bar Mitzvah at some point. But, I mean, what was well, the casting like? throw that up like? and ask him what that meant. Yeah. <laughs> but how did you, you cast these people? What that means. seems like you put a lot of effort into finding the right faces for stuff like this. Uh, whoever was around that night. And speaking of That's which, right. this is from the Jay Giles oh, video. You yeah, have a man Wally, on a... Wally Pickle. Okay, and he's on a... Po describe pogo to me stick. what's happening. He's on a pogo stick playing pogo two stick, trumpets. Right. Yeah. Well, it's... A, you know, and and, and this is from a film called... This is from a video called Love Stinks. Right. What the hell does this have to do with... What does this mean, Chuck Staller? Um, I think that what, what, what this really is, is kind of emblematic of is you can't blow two horns at the same time. Well, on a pogo stick, or that's independent? Um, I, uh, uh, in life. Euphemistically. In, in life, yeah, you can't. It, it, right, yeah, exactly. Well, in terms of love. Which you know stinks, I hear. Yeah. Well, it only stinks if you're trying to do two, you know. All right, it. also. Yeah, you don't get that right. Yeah, all right. Sickle ape, right? Yeah. What's this? Sickle ape. What's sickle ape? Well, he's a pops it's an ape eating a popsicle. Is that a popsicle? I thought it was a banana. It no, looks no, like a no. banana. It, it's a banana-flavored popsicle. Oh, because it that, is seriously right. Well, that's, that's right, method. That's method right there. If you're gonna have have apesicle. Yeah. What's his name? Yeah. Chimpsicle? You know. <laughs> what's his name? Apesicle. Apesicle. Apesicle, like Floyd Columbus. But here's the thing. I think that that is actually behind that mask, uh -huh. behind the ape mask. I think that's Jim Motherspaugh. Oh, really? Okay. Now, Jim is the original yeah. drummer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. And then dropped is. out to do government contract work. I'm probably still happy with it. Oh, he's very happy with it, actually. Yeah. This is my favorite of the bunch. I remember yeah. this one Gen as a Gen child uh, because we have a guitar player playing. Plugged into a, a, play a space heater. The space heater is my yeah. favorite part. Well, no, every no, no. Fucking time. But, but the thing is, he took two guitars and bolted they, them together. Oh, they actually bolted yeah, together? Yeah, he, drill, he drilled holes and bolted them together. Okay. Yeah, that's General Jacket. General Jacket, that's General his name. General Jacket. And what, what, does this, what does this mean? Gary Jacket. Well, I don't think there's any great meaning other than that. That that, that it's hilarious. He looks well, but the thing is, is he is. Um, it's kind of it, there is a little punk in there. There's a lot of punk because he's in there. doing he's doing it his own way. Yeah, and his own very style. very DIY. Right, right, exactly. And uh, and look at the expression on his face, though. Kind of see inspired and bored and. Uh, it, it 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 also I mean it does it does have a little de-evolution to it. Also. There's a lot of de-evolution yeah, happening because of right the here. fact that he's actually getting sound out of exactly. the space heater. Because he can tell now he's you can, feeling oh, no, it. No 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 no. Well, if you were in the room, you would have felt well, it. No, it was about 85 degrees or 90 noise. degrees. Yeah yeah. He's you know. feeling what he's putting out there. That's it. No, I no, always no. really appreciated this, even as a child yeah. seeing this. Like these quick cutaways meant a lot to me. It really much right. informed my right. worldview. Yeah. So I kind of blame you for this. Yeah. And here's the last one. Because the inserts are and and they only you know they they're they're almost they aren't subliminal no not but, they, at all. but they were they, in a way they work as a subliminal though well, they too. set the mood because of the, well yeah or they contrast it yeah oftentimes so you know anyway and so what's the last uh, one? the last one this is also from love stinks uh yeah. the jay giles band video yeah. it is someone cutting a fucking tomato what the fuck yeah. does that now, mean see, yeah 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 chuck yeah, Stadler, yeah, what yeah. does that mean explain this to me you know what uh I, someone told me i talked to a theorist and she, she's an art, she's an art historian, a theorist. And yeah. She said, "Well, now here's what, here's the, here's the, here's the art, that the artist, then they, they become well known, 
and they get, you know, they become like gallery representation and they become well-known, they become famous artists. Then the theorists come in and explain what they yeah. were doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't really need to explain anything. So I need to get a theorist point, in on Well, this. I'll never be, I'll never reach that with a theorist. Yeah, but you'd have to get I'd somebody. Have to get somebody, to somebody that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So because it doesn't mean one, so it doesn't mean anything I, is what you're saying. Well, no, <laughs> you're just dodging it, the no, bullet. It, meant, on this it one. meant a lot to me. Did it? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, what did it mean it to you, the artiste, the auteur wow, wow. of this? What did it mean? Well, to here's you? the thing. If you're because this was a, this, I think this is a line from Debo. But if you're a spud boy, yeah. What are you looking for? You're looking for a real tomato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, now that shows you what happens when you have a real tomato. You cut okay, it open. Now, see, well, kind of, I mean, you know, it, it's it's sli- it's sliced and diced. Okay. It never works, you know. Yeah. It never works like you think it's going to work. Yeah. That's love stinks. Okay. Okay. All right. No, I mean, I, that's an explanation, but that's get a, a good theorist one. in. It's a get good it, one. Get a theorist in. Okay. And have them explain what it is. Does okay. Okay. Does yeah, Prince have one? Okay. We're pretty good. Now we're five minutes over by my clock. Yeah. Which means you got about five more minutes we're, on your clock. Yeah. That's which, it. but I mean, we're like about forty-five minutes past my clock. By the yeah, way. Yeah. So tell me about uh, Sonic Burlesque. Um, <laughs> you don't want to talk about that? Well, I think we need to talk about the elevator music thing. But, yeah, well, no, I was but saying Sonic Burlesque. Sonic Burlesque, yeah, that, that was great. That was a big mistake. <laughs> you know, we don't, okay, well, moving on. <laughs> yeah, that's two words, big mistake. All right, uh, yeah. so sounds from the know, This, is, this yeah. is interesting, this is interesting, because, okay. because um, you know, John Cass. I know, know and love John Cass, yeah. yeah. Well, John Cass said uh, a couple of weeks ago. Owner of Joe Gani Joe Record Store, yeah, White yeah, Bear right. Lake. That's right, right there. Well, about three weeks ago, he sent me an email and he said, hey, I'd like to screen. Well, I, I and Steve McClellan started this uh, Minnesota Museum of Music or something like that. Mm. And he said, I'd like to screen uh, Sonic Burlesque. And I went, oh, well, okay. I mean, no one's ever asked to screen Sonic Burlesque. I mean, you have to be. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, glutton for punishment or whatever that expression is. But, well, let's explain but, what it is real so, quick. I mean, this is a film well, that you worked on a, for a number of years. A, yeah, I did. That's right. And, that's it, right, and it's that's also right. seems to be in vignette form. I've never seen it, but I've, I have a lot of friends who are in it, which yeah. then hurt me personally that no one ever asked me to be in it. I didn't Chuck. know you then. Yeah, I know. Right? You were you were still one years old living in uh, Muncie. Yeah. In 1976, when I made it, with a heart full of dreams. Yeah. So and working on my night moves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, was, right. Doing like a lot Floyd Kalimba down, yeah. down <laughs> South Beach. Floyd in South Beach. Um, and Ian in Muncie. Um, no, you know, I I, 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 uh, I I wanted to try to put some kind of musical variety show together. Yep. And that's kind of where it started. But... Uh, it, 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 it's... I, I don't know what happened. I can't... You know, I got so far into it, and at one, at one point, somebody said, you know, you should cut your losses. <laughs> and I thought, and how many you know, if this, you ever, gets, if this ever gets released, about 30 years, Jeez. and if this ever gets released, that you know how they always put, like, the critics said, mm-hmm. and I, was, I would have put with, like, four stars or five stars, my, my, my accountant said, you should, you should cut your losses. Probably walk away right now. <laughs> right, yeah, right, exactly. You know. and, it, and, you know, the damn thing is, he was right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, but so, I know some of it's know. come out. The uh, bit with Cave Music for Prozac was oh, that good. part of that. That's good. That, that, I mean, any good. kind of stuff that dribbled out like that it was great. Yeah. Because the, here's it's the thing: kind of all angry, the, all the, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah right, yeah. right. Yeah, all the bands that 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 performed in it. I God bless them. You know, yeah. if there is such a thing, especially a persona. They did not the, cut their. Losses. The thing is, did they? They all they, they all showed up. They all did their thing. It was great. And I and I I work. I love working with all those bands. I respected all those bands. Now they, they no longer respect me, 
but I respect all those bands. Yeah. And and then it was a matter of trying to like, you know, put some kind of mortar in to put all this stuff together. Is it done? And Is that's it when it was it completed. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was completed. As soon as it completed, it was buried. <laughs> it's like, I, 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 like a six foot. I mean, we did a little, you know, uh, internment ceremony. It's like a, finishing up all a, the rep- all the repairs on the house when you sell it. It's like, all right, it's all these years of me just living in a broken house. Yeah, now it's yeah. Or, or do like uh, commandos just just burn it down. Yeah, burn it down. <laughs> anyway, so so. Oh, and were you the voice for the uh, Dalmatian? Thank you. Yeah, I always wanted. Can to, you can you, fact, can you recreate that for me right now? Because that's. Honestly, I believe like nothing makes me laugh as hard as that hey, does. Hang on a minute, wait. I'm trying to think of what the copy is. Yeah, it's uh, like, ladies and gentlemen, it's yeah. Here's a performance. Ladies and ladies and gentlemen, introducing the Suicide Commandos playing "Burn It Down." <laughs> makes me clap like a child. I love that so much, and I heard it. Well, it was years good. ago. I got it. Statler. That's it. That was, that's pretty that. close to the voice. You isn't did a great it? job. Yeah, thank you very much. For the uh, five, for the five one, we can we can loop this in. <laughs> Oh, and is anything ever going to come out in high def, you think, for old videos, for old music videos? Well, you know, the thing is, is you know you kind of have to up that stuff somehow. Yeah. Because if it's on video, you got to up it, and that really doesn't work. So, but the old, so what you'd the old have to do is you got to go back to the film. Yeah. And a lot of that film is now, because <laughs> I never stored it properly. I never thought about the future. <laughs> now does? I Now, you know, now I dread it, but... But the thing is, is I never thought about the future. And so it was improperly stored. And it was in storage where it went to 140 degrees in the summertime yeah. and like 40 below in the winter. Yeah. And so I, most of it is so faded out that even all the tweaking in the world, not to mention that, you know what, there's, you, it, you're, you'd be hard-pressed to find a film transfer. Yeah. They, there's not one in this town anymore. Oh, really? No, they're all gone now. They're all gone because nobody shoots film. Yeah. And so what do you need a film transfer yeah, for? Yeah. The odd job that comes into some historical archive yeah. piece, they're all gone. So it's like, you know, it, it, odds are probably not going to happen. Anyway, but be that as it may. Anyway, so there you go. All right, so we were talking about Sonic Burlesque, but we wrapped that up. Yeah. Uh, so you're working on a documentary right now, is that correct? Uh, I, I'm not, and hopefully the editor in Detroit is. <laughs> oh, so you're actually done because, shooting this then? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I and wanted to. It's called to, Sounds from the Ceiling. It's a documentary right. about Muzak, right? That is correct. Well, now, not, Muzak the company or the concept? No, more the concept. Muzak, the generic term. It's because what it's about is about the, the history of elevator music. Now, Muzak being its leading proponent of business music or elevator yeah. music yeah. then they're they're synonymous their name was synonymous with elevator music but it, it there were other players i mean 3m was a big they were they were a oh, major really? competitor they oh, were a major that. competitor with uh with uh, muzak at one point and and in point of fact in terms of distribution they were the first they're called business music providers they were the first business music provider to distribute their music Via satellite, oh, they did it before Muzak got into doing I'll it that damned. way. And the only reason 3M got into it is because of the fact that they, being a tape company, because they yeah. made tape, audio yeah. tape, magnetic tape. They bought Wallensack, a yep. tape recorder company in yep. Chicago. They bought Wallensack. I think it was part of a larger acquisition, but they bought Wallensack. And they said, "Well, now we have these tape recorders. What do we do with them?" And then somebody over there, because it's a land of innovation over in St. Paul, mm-hmm. they said, oh, you know what? We should get in the business music service. But what we can do is we can take this, these Wallensacks and we can put them on site and then provide a monthly service where we send out these tapes of pre-recorded that, that we're already background making. music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that they made, and they go the to they go to Europe and and record the music. Uh, they re, they would re-record popular tracks of the day, which is what elevator music what is. Was, what was the importance it's of doing it in music. Europe? Uh, the, for the same reason that Mark Mothersbaugh goes to Europe to record a 110-piece orchestra, it's cheaper oh, okay. than doing it in yeah, the yeah, States. Yeah. Yeah. It's more economical. A lot of that music was recorded in uh, uh, German orchestras, French orchestras, yeah. predominantly English orchestras and German orchestras. And I can't tell you, there are names of the orchestras that I of can't course, tell you. Yeah, but, you yeah, know, yeah, but, yeah. but anyway, so the net of this is, is that they went, okay, then they, they got into the business music service then. Yeah. Because music is the first. Mm-hmm. Because they invented, they didn't invent it, but General George Orrin Squire invented coaxial delivery. Okay. That's when we were wiring the country in the 20s with electric lighting. Yeah. And then General Squire said, oh, you know, we can send two, two we can use this carrier for two different purposes. You can not only send the electricity into the person's home, we could send a radio signal into the home. So it's called wired radio, and they started with wired radio in the twenties, and then they offered. They said, "Oh, what do, what's the programming?" He said, "Well, we'll offer some orchestral music." Yeah. So they started then, and that's where the company started. So they were in it long before anybody else. And then, and then they Marconi killed them because Marconi came out with wireless radio. Of course, yeah. So you could just pick it up off air. So that killed them. But they said, "Well, you know, we have this invention. What do we do?" They said, well, we'll offer it as a business music service then. We'll go into restaurants and we'll have background music. No, no vocal, just instrumental, mm-hmm. which carried on until the change happened in the late 60s, early 70s, when it went from background music to foreground music. And foreground music is the original artist version. Yeah. So you go in the mall and you go into Abercrombie and Fitch or Hollister, whatever it is. And you hear Taylor Swift. Yeah, of course. Well, if it would have been 1960, you would have heard of Taylor Swift if she was popular back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it would have been instrumental. It version. would have been the Hollywood would Strings been, version. That's exactly yeah, right. Yeah. So anyway, but you know, it, it, it was an interesting story, and I mean, I, I went into Ryan Cameron's shop and, and let it be down. Let it on be, a, yeah. Yeah, you know, on on Nicollet Mall, and he had a nice book section there, and I saw this book about elevator music by an author in New Jersey named Joseph Lanza. And I picked it up and I read it. And as I read it, like a lot of filmmakers, you think filmically, you of think course. visually. Yeah. I'm reading this. I'm thinking, yeah, I can see this. I can see pieces that, well, you know, not knowing whether I could or couldn't. But I, I saw it. And then and I just, that, that's what got me going on it. And now he's been on and off the shelf. And that started when Ryan had his shop down there. And he yeah, had his shop there for a decade. Yep. And, and so it's been around for a couple of decades, I believe. I don't know what. I pitched it a couple of times. I actually sold it the first time I went to New York to really? pitch it. Yeah, to a tree, uh, to a, a network called Trio. I remember Trio. They Do you the, really? They had the it brilliant the pop, but canceled. It was the pop culture. They channel. were great. They were I perfect. was really sad no, when they went yeah, out. Yeah. Right, right. No, well, but Trio was, was a great station. Nobody, nobody channel. was nobody was sadder. Than me. <laughs> nobody was sadder than me because of the fact that I went there and I went there in the fall and then spring of or spring early summer of two thousand and three. Yeah, two thousand and three. Two thousand and three. I went there. And they, they read the treatment for Sound from the Ceiling, and they liked it because it was pop culture channel. Yeah. They thought it was cool. And I came back, and they said, well, you got to rewrite some stuff because we have to. You, we need a little different kind of spin on this. Of course. Well, I rewrote, and I rewrote three treatments and sent it back to them a couple months later. And they said, yeah, okay, we like this one. Now we're going to bring you back to New York, and you meet with this producer. And if you can get along with her, 
She's from MTV. She's the one who did uh, pop-up videos or something oh, like okay. that. She said, okay, you, you, and if you guys can get along, then we want to do this. Mm -hmm. And I went, well, I don't even need to go to New York. Yeah. She would be Vampirella. I'll work with her. No, I went to New York. I didn't tell them that. Yeah, but yeah. I went to New York, and I mean, I, we had a nice meeting, and then I came back home, and I waited, and they said, yeah, we're going to do it. We got the, you know, the, the, they're going to drop the paperwork. And I waited and waited and waited. And then in the fall, you know, a couple of two or three months passed, and they go, well, everything's on hold now. Because that trio was part of uh, Universal. Mm-hmm. And then Universal was acquired by NBC. Yeah. And so that was it. And then they, they cleaned house when they came in. Yeah, of course. And the only thing they wanted to take. And from, anything that was in, yeah, that was in any sort of production that they could pull out of. They wanted well, to yeah, but there wasn't, we didn't even have, they didn't have any, we didn't have any paper on it. But, but the thing is, is that it only had, it had 12, mil, 12 million viewers, yeah. which is nothing, nothing. for yeah. a n national network. Yeah. 12 million is nothing. So, so that was the end of that. Rebrand it and put <coughs> Duck Dynasty on. Right, exactly. <coughs> so, um, you know. So what's it going to do now? Well, you know, you're kind of on and off the shelf and everything. Well, I mean, but now the, with the, the streaming only options. The only saving grace with that was that I, I, I knew. I mean, I already knew this. You know, it's just like, okay, well, film is a director's medium and television is a producer's medium. Yeah. The television, the producer's what drives the engine there. And so I already knew that before I met with her. And then when I met with her and she started telling me about everything she was going to do, I went, oh, wait a minute, it's my baby, you can't do that. Yeah. But then, then um, you know, when it, when, it, when it didn't happen, I went, well, you know, the upside of that is I can do it the way I want to do it. And so then I, you know, out of pocket, and for the next few years, I kind of tried to piece stuff together and shot interviews. Because when I went out in three, it was just on paper what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And then, and then... Uh, you know, then in the next three years or so, I put stuff together, and then I put together a 10-minute tease and all that, and I went, everybody loved it, but nobody bought it. Everybody loved it, though. And then and then that was it, and then I kind of went on the shelf for a while, and I came off the shelf and on the shelf. And then about two years ago, an editor in town asked me about doing something with it, and then he had it, and he was overwhelmed with the material. I would imagine so. And it didn't, and it just, you know, nothing really happened. And then somebody else said, oh, I know a guy in Detroit. And I said, well... No, I don't know about know. Detroit. Well, you know, but yeah, but, you know... It, you know and the guy said, oh, no, I've done work with him, and he really loved to do it, and I told him about it. and all. So a couple months ago, I sent it to him, and I said, and I said, you know, call me if you need any help. I haven't heard from him. <laughs> so I don't know what's happening. But, you know, I'm going to give it a, a, half, you know, a half a year, give him six months. So and then, and, and in the if spring, something ends up coming out of it, where, where do you expect this to be out? Because I mean, there's know, so many streaming will. options it, no, it, in it, this day it, and age. It, it will. I mean, I, one way or the other, this is going to surface because it's a really interesting story because of... Who's narrating it? The narrate? There yeah. is no narrator There is no right narrator. Now. Not right now. So I can't... Not right now. I... I I don't have an agent anymore. Why, you want to you want to get in on this? I'll work. I'll work for scale. I, I actually I actually thought you know the I way, have a great voice. I know you do. I know you do. It's it's a good story. It really is. It's almost a hundred years old, because of the fact that it started back in the tw early twenties, and they just took the shingle down about three years ago. So it didn't make it a hundred years, but it's ninety yeah. some years or something like that. It's close to it, but the thing is, is that uh, you know, it, because it involves you know this the, the, this aspect of behavioral conditioning yeah but it also involves the government and it involves invention and technology this is great i want to watch involves, this right now and involve you know it it, it 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 it's a really interesting story but for me the what got me into it was the music because of the fact that then i started collecting all these records and obviously why most people 
done an aversion to it. It, it really is Drek. Yeah. But out of the couple hundred albums that I collected, there's a few, like two dozen, that yeah. it is. They, right. They hit on something there. It is its own genre. Because then they took it, it's almost like Devo. They took and they, they mutated the, the, the cover version. It was so mutated from yeah. the original that it made it its own. It made it something else. So and by it does being have this so kind part of the mainstream, it ended that, up being subverted. Yeah, and because it, because of the because of the the, the kind of like the, the syrupy strings, you know, this whipped cream kind of. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. They, they, there's this ethereal aspect to it, this almost surreal thing, because then it's like, well, what the hell is it? Sounds familiar, but it's different from you know, and it's that much different. I don't really is it. It is anyway. I, I don't know. And so the music really got me into it, and that's kind of what. That's the core of it anyway, because that's elevator music. So the core of it is the aesthetic and the genre, this overlooked genre. But then there are all these like spurs, these you know tangents about all the different aspects, the psychological and mm-hmm. the sociological and the economic and the technological. That are I think really interesting. So and it you know it, it should be. Uh, it should see the light of day some year. Hey, whatever. Chuck, thank you very much for doing this. Um, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like I, I've taken care of my tab now with you. So, I get you know all the self evaluation and stuff. It, it just it's, uh, yeah, it's difficult because I look at it and go, no, this, you know, none of this works. So anyway, whatever. well, no, but I mean, but it, you know what? It is what it is. I did what I did, and now I've done this, and now this is be on the regret column. So. Do you regret this? I will. Why, I don't regret do you, it now. Think, now it's been, it's been nice to spend time well, with no, you. No, and I, and, I agree. And, um, you know, and, and kind of hang out and have a beer and look at the crowd at Jimmy's. But, but um, you know, it's always after the fact. You know, it's like I had so much stuff I do, and then I go like, oh, I never should have done that. No, but I mean, I thought you did a great job. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, Pat on the on back. That. All right, come on, thank you. Thank right you. there. All right, we'll we'll part friends. But the best thing is, when I see you coming, I don't have to duck in the alley. You know what? I don't Here think comes Ian. He's going to ask me about those This hasn't shooters. been recording for 45 minutes, so we're going to have to redo all this shit. All right, Chuck. Well, thank you for doing this, and thank you for uh, basically filleting your flesh off <laughs> and you. showing your insides, That's putting right. your insides on the outside. It's expose. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So okay. let's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a quick shout-out to my sponsors, everybody. Uh, first off, One Car Service. Driving smiles that extra miles. Call 612-545-5848. Program that in your phone, 612-545-5848 for a ride. Or find them on the Facebooks. Uh, My other sponsor, who I love, Stand Up Records. We like our comedy like we like our booze. Straight up and bitter. Check them out at StandUpRecords.com. They have new records out right now by Ryan Singer and Jim David. Um, and always in the picture and always in good taste, Paps Blue Ribbon. Add extra flair to those leisure time activities. I'm still pretty sober because I can say this quickly. Uh, put original Paps Blue Ribbon in the picture. People of good taste naturally go for its old-time beer flavor. Original Paps Blue Ribbon is, is brewed as it was when it was when it won the Blue Ribbon in 1893. So next time, put yourself in the picture. Enjoy original Paps Blue Ribbon. Um, and our new uh, sponsor, FGC Creative, attention bands and bars. If you're looking for the best deal, I got one for you. Uh, it's a deal of the goddamn century. FGC Creative will design a custom T-shirt for you with your logo and screen pin it for, uh, on the best shirts around for only 5 bucks. Say you heard it on Dive Bar Mitzvah and you get the deal of the century. No design fees, no setup charges, and free shipping. Visit them on Facebook or at FGCCreative.com. And those are the people who do the Dive Bar Mitzvah shirts that you can pick up. This Tuesday at Triviasco at at Clubhouse Jaeger. This Wednesday at Gastoff's for Make Me Laugh, the inaugural Make Me Laugh. I'm excited about it. Show up there. 
or uh, for Lee's Liquor Lounge this Thursday for match game. Yet again, show up. Say I want one of those sweet shirts from FGC Creative, and I'll hook your ass up. Yet again, Chuck Statler, thank you for doing this. And thank you to Jimmy's Bar for not kicking us the fuck out. I hope you had a great time. I know I did. I'll see you next week, everybody.